I think I was just riding my motorbike and I got lost and I stopped and asked for directions. And the guy just was like, you're so fat. And he just started laughing uncontrollably. <laughs> but then he was like, but you're cute. I'm, I'm fat too. And he could not stop laughing. That was kind of strange. I had to stay there until he gave me directions. So <laughs> he was just really like intrigued by it. I don't know like what really made him laugh so hard about it. I don't know. Expatriate, foreigner, Y Goran, Lao Wai. These are all words for similar things, but what the heck does it all mean? On this podcast, we are looking for understanding, looking for complication, looking for stories. We are looking for Lao Wai. Hi, Tony. Hey, Hannah. What's up? Nothing much. So, that was Skye. She's from the US. We'll hear more from her later in the show. This week, we are talking about bodies. More specifically, we're going to talk about female bodies, foreign bodies, body image, and beauty standards. We're also going to be talking about what it's like to live in China when the beauty standards are different from your home country. And how that pressure affects foreigners differently based on if you have a foreign body or a Chinese body or any type of body. Yeah, and the type of confusion that comes with that. First off, let's talk about what are the beauty standards here in China? How are they different from in the West? Let's hear from some people. Also, we'd like to note that in this episode, we're focusing on female bodies. There's a huge difference between the perception of beauty in China versus back in the United States, for example. Skin color, thinness, the size of someone's eyes. Double eyelids, big eyes, thin, really skinny, long straight hair and smooth hair. Very skinny, white, not very white. Being very, very thin. Um, which is, there's nothing wrong. I think the Asian body is naturally pretty thin. If it's not, people are forcing themselves to be like this cookie cutter shape. Oh, if a woman has any G-row, it's like disgusting. Here's a clip from our discussion with some women from Ladyfest on body image. Ladyfest is a grassroots organization created by women with the mission to celebrate female empowerment and promote gender equality. Thanks, Ladyfest, for spreading the word. Oh, the Chinese culture is like skinny, not really like big size. Yeah, like culture. I remember like the A4 challenge. Do you guys remember that? Oh. <laughs> it, was this, it was terrible. It was Who the A4 baker? Oh god, it was a terrible <laughs> 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 Is it supposed to be this way, not this way? It is the other way. It's the idea that women are supposed to take an A4 paper and put it in front of your stomach and not see the rest of your body. Are you body. serious? Yeah. And that's how skinny you should be. Yeah. Um, that's really popular. That's 21 centimeter, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that's what their goal, life goal. And then yeah, oh, wow, the, that's a... the iPhone, iPhone knees. knees. The iPhone knees oh, challenge. Really? I never heard of oh, my yeah. iPhone knees. Like, you're supposed to put your knees together and then your phone goes over your knees without being able to see, like, this part. Oh, wow. What? Like, totally yeah. Oh, I never it's gonna like iPhone one knee. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I was adopted from China and grew up in the U.S. and have I, what I would consider to be a very foreign-looking kind of American-sized body compared to what I think of as the more traditionally Chinese petite Asian body. But in middle school and high school, being Asian but not having that petite Asian body was something that I was not completely confident about and not completely secure with. So coming to China during study abroad and having to deal with 
Chinese people and all their like, wow, you're so fat or not skinny enough was kind of unpleasant. I know a lot of people that were larger Asian women that struggle with that. But I think because my race is so ambiguous, I never quite felt it in that way. I'm, I'm not a petite girl by any means. And so I've been aware of that growing up, but I don't think I felt it in such a racially charged way. Yeah. And I think for me, especially coming back to China, it's kind of like Chinese people will say, hey, you look pretty Chinese, but you're fat. And that that's the one distinguishing thing. Well, also that I can't speak Chinese, but... <laughs> <laughs> so separate, I see you separate. and you're just like, why are you this Chinese person who's fat again speak Chinese? Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. So I feel like I've grown up and gotten more mature and really come to terms with my body, particularly because the beauty standard for Chinese women is so extreme compared to the West. An A4 piece of paper, that's essentially an 8.5 by 11 piece of paper. So to have that and to have it vertically, that's pretty extreme, and I'm never going to fit into that. Yeah. Back in the day when I was still doing education, I had a student who was so skinny, I could literally take my hand and wrap it around her upper arm. But she still thought she was fat, and she would complain about it and just grab her skin and call that fat. I feel like all these challenges in China, like the A4 paper, are all just a different way to make women disappear. Like, what can you disappear in front of? Can you disappear in front of a phone? Can you disappear in front of a piece of paper? It's so insidious, this idea of making women disappear. Such is the patriarchy. I sat down with Shannon. We were in Ushi in a little cafe, and a lot of what we talked about was about these types of experiences. How we moved to China, and then all of a sudden, there's some random person coming up to you and saying you're fat. You should diet. Like, it's no big deal. In Shenzhen, there was a time, and I happened to be going out of my building. Yeah, someone I knew happened to be there who right, had right. very little English ability and who asked the typical Chinese question of, oh, did you have lunch? And said, oh no, that's where I'm going now, to have lunch. He said, oh, you don't need to eat, you're too fat. Uh. And he was so happy to be able to communicate with me in English that I was fat. I, I was a little bit stunned. <laughs> Other times, I went walking with one of my coworkers just outside to the shop. There's a like this really big fat guy sitting beside the little stand and the big fat guy is like talking to me, like laughing in a very friendly, cordial looking way. Mm -hmm. My friend just nonchalantly translates to me in English, he's saying you're fat. It's just so casual. I feel like there's much more blatant or much more direct policing when it comes to food and when it comes to eating that happens here, like that you're eating too much or eating too little or this type of really direct talk about my body, for me at least, at first was really unsettling and kind of surprising because I never experienced it in this way at home where people were so direct about, you know, every day, I need to lose weight, I need to lose weight. I think that growing up that was the goal of a lot of women, but it wasn't explicitly said. It was more kind of silently and not necessarily always talked about. Like it exists, but it's taboo to talk about it openly. Yeah. And also that it should be effortless. Like you should just be naturally losing weight as opposed to actively saying, oh, I'm not going to eat lunch today because I want to jam Yeah. But like rather than that in China, this is talked about very openly. Let's listen to what Elaine has to say about this. Elaine is a Chinese woman, by the way. So for, for my family side, like my mom, my 
grandma, my auntie, sometimes if they talk to me like, hey, you need to like look after yourself a little bit. You uh, need to really control about your body shape for all different kinds of reasons. Part of them is health issue and also they want me to uh, stay in a good shape. Actually, they never said that much like, oh, you shouldn't eat that much. Actually, they said this for which is do more exercise. That's really actually a very positive comments for me. And for my friends, of course, like if it's not that close friends, I won't even comment about their body shape because it's their business. It's not really mine. But I think in Chinese culture, like if this person you really care about them, very naturally you just gonna like talk to them. Hey, maybe you should take care of your body a little bit more, just for the house reason. I almost wonder if it's even better to be more open about our bodies in this way and not stigmatize this type of body talk. It reminds me of Lindy West, who is a woman who does body positive activism. One of her ideas is that you should make fat into a word that doesn't have any connotations of shame. I think there's something kind of refreshing about that in some ways. Now, the way that I experience this talk, I've kind of gotten used to it. But also, I have a strong sense of my self-worth and confidence in my body, so it doesn't really bother me so much having people make these direct comments about my body. It's like the more that you hear, oh, you're fat, you've gotten skinnier, you look different, the less it seems to mean, to me at least. I don't know if that's what you're getting at. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. Like, if we destigmatize the word fat, it doesn't have this connotation. In the West, it's insulting for someone to say you're fat to your face, which then means that being fat is negative by association. It's also interesting because there's different words in Chinese for fat. So if you just say pong, it's not a negative connotation. But if you use the word fei, it's like the same word as the oh. fat on meat. Have you heard of this? No, I've only heard someone say pong pong the. So oh, like... because that's not the offensive one. Yeah. So that's just a descriptor. It's like yeah. doesn't have any meaning attached to it. But if you call somebody fei, it's like the same fat as animal fat. So that means you're really fat. And that's negative. Yeah, and I think it's funny because Pong is almost like a term of endearment. It's like little picky. Yeah. I think Fei has the same equivalent of how in the West we would say, you're fat. The implication of that is really interesting because then a lot of things get lost in translation. Both Pong Pong the and Fei get translated into fat, so it's really hard to tell what the connotation of someone calling you fat is because they're both translated to this one word, when in fact they are two separate ones in Chinese. We've been talking about how pong and the idea of something being fat is not necessarily as heavily weighted as it would be in the West. And sometimes comments about how much you eat, how you look, are just innocuous. They don't mean anything. But actually, this culture can be more harmful. And we'll hear from Sky as she talks about her Chinese coworker and how growing up in this type of environment affected her. One of my old coworkers, she would like diet so heavily before spring festival. She didn't want her family to call her fat. And she's tiny mm-hmm. and she's like super tall and she would work out all the time and she already ate really healthily, but then she just actually started to starve herself just before she would go home last like the couple of weeks before the holidays. Okay, so it does have like a, a real impact. And I've talked to a lot of trans people and they tell me, oh, it's just nothing. Like, why do you get so offended by this? It really, it has no meaning to us. But you can see in this example that it does have an effect on some, some individuals, obviously. And that that can be very problematic, you know, when you have pressure from your family or from other people around you to constantly be losing weight. And, you know, you care about their opinion, so then you try to lose weight. And obviously that doesn't always happen in a healthy way. 
So we wanted to talk to someone who has expertise in this. We talked with Sarah, who's a mental health professional working in Shanghai, and she shed a little bit of light on this issue. And we wanted to know specifically how eating disorders and eating issues are talked about differently in China compared to in other Western countries. My name is Sarah Bilodeau. So at ELG specifically, I'm a drama therapist, which for those who might not know, it's a creative art psychotherapy that uses mediums that are seen in drama. Having lived in UK and Canada, I felt that in my clinical work, the pressure in the school setting wasn't as intense in terms of commenting on body shape, body weight, and expectation and fitting in those norms. I feel this harassment is higher here, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't equally happen in, in where I lived before. It seems to become a group mentality, and I don't know if that's because of Asian culture being uh, maybe more group than individualistic historically, I'm, I'm not sure, but I've, I've, I've noticed that. And also parents. Parents put a lot of pressure on how much their child should eat. If it's not enough that there's criticism, if it's too much that there's criticism, that there's kind of um, almost like a standard. A lot of my work in the UK, like I was saying about my research, was kind of developing like what is cultural competency and what does that mean, breaking it down for every client. And for, for here, I have felt that working with the family, which is always a big part of my work, is very specific when it comes to eating disorder because it can be very difficult to accept that a child in a family has this kind of difficulty or that the parents could also be part of helping that to improve because that would mean that parents are asked to think about can they have a role in helping this, which on the other flip side says have they had a role in influencing this developing in terms of the services that are available to treat eating disorders, uh, here I've often seen, like when, it's, it, when it comes to a point of it being psychiatric and needing that kind of uh, treatment, inpatient units are a lot based on feeding and medicine to stabilize and to gain weight and be healthy kind of in that way. But it's not so much on getting to the root of understanding with the person, why did we get here and how can we repair that? We've been talking a lot about the Chinese experience with Chinese body standards, but now we're going to talk about the foreign experience with the Chinese body standard. And I think that's a really different experience than what we've been talking about so far, which is how these beauty standards are affecting Chinese people or Chinese-looking people. There are a couple of things that if I leave China, I'm relieved to not be having these conversations anymore. And one of these things is my body. I'm like UK size 10 to 12 on my upper body and then maybe 12 to 14 on my lower body. I definitely would not identify as fat. My body sticks out, like my body's too big for China, I feel. Okay, like even walking in down the streets in the subway or something, I felt like I was like, King Kong or something. I don't know how to explain it other than like a really big thing like walking around. You know, I'm just average size. I'm 14, 16. That's the average size of an American woman. So when I first arrived here, I immediately noticed how different I was. I am tall. I'm curvy. I've got long blonde hair and I'm very different. How do the Chinese beauty standards and just being in China affect you if you have a very foreign body. We're going to hear some different perspectives on how people react to this. And by foreign, we mean not Chinese and larger than the average Chinese woman, probably. First, let's hear from Nikki. 
I'd gone from feeling very comfortable in my surroundings back home where people are in all sorts of shapes and sizes, different skin colors, different hair. So everything, everyone's just so different and being okay with that. And then suddenly being somebody that's like the most different. And I like started freaking out about it actually. I had like a couple of moments when I was like out in the walking the street and suddenly realizing I'm having like having a bit of a freak out about it. Body dysmorphia is like super rampant. I mean, it's, a, it's something that I've struggled with my whole life. It's gotten better with time and with being aware and, you know, coming to terms with who I am and, you know, and experience and age and that sort of thing. Once again, like, I've had a lot of regression here. I feel like I've kind of gone back. But the biggest thing is, like, finding clothes and, like, finding shoes my size. That's like, what the f***? Like, coming from a place where that's not never been a problem to suddenly not being able to find anything that, like, fits you or you, like, walk into a shop and you're like, what's the f- point? Because everything's, like, a size zero and you're like... It's not going to happen. Do you buy clothes here now? I do, but only in foreign stores that have some of the larger sizes. I do not buy any clothing on Taobao, which is a shame. It's crazy because in Taobao clothes and clothes online, we have to wear like XXXL clothing, but we really aren't that big of people. Yeah, I don't think so, especially coming from the American perspective. But here, you have to constantly worry about your body and getting the types of clothes that will fit. And that can be really difficult for some people. It can be difficult. And even if you're comfortable with your body, it's something you have to spend extra energy on. So now we'll hear from Gabby, who has also struggled with these types of issues, but has actually changed her perspective. My name is Gabby Gabriel. I'm 29-year-old Laowei in Shanghai. So when I first moved to China, I was really jarred. First off, I'm overweight, so I was surprised at how much notice Chinese paid towards me being overweight. And that made me extremely uncomfortable to be so stigmatized and judged by strangers who did not know me at all on the street. It was definitely something I had to overcome. Mm But now, I don't know if it's because I found my purpose, or I've gotten older, and I'm more confident with who I am, and I care less about what people think. And as awful as it was to go through those times of being, you know, made fun of, poked, (laughs) whatever, now when I see somebody do something like that, I don't care, because I've been called fat so many times now, it's like, who cares? Like, it's it's made me change the way I see it. Actually, one thing that's really surprising is I noticed a shift in how people treated me and my foreign body after I cut my hair. So when I first moved to China, I had really long hair, and I was dressing more, I guess you could say, feminine. And after I cut my hair very short, started dressing slightly more masculinely, I started to receive much less attention from men in general and people in general. And I feel like it's like I've been treated more as a man. I think it's so sad that as soon as you start sending signals to the world that you are to be treated like a man, that immediately being treated like a man is to not be judged by your body. Or perhaps defeminizing yourself. Yeah, but in any case, that femininity is so intimately tied to body, to other people being able to judge your body. Yeah, and that's another reason why we wanted to focus on female bodies for this episode, because a lot of the judgment is so deeply tied in with femininity and how female bodies are just policed way harder everywhere, not just in China. Okay, let's hear more from Skye. She took these frustrations that we're talking about right now, and she made it into something productive. She made it into a business. 
as time went on and I grew more and more frustrated shopping once a year when I went home on vacation then I started like importing plus size women's clothing and recently we even started doing um, secondhand clothing it's it started off with clothes it started off with this idea but then now it just kind of grew into something where we can just support each other and like just trying to really push the body positive idea in Shanghai and just reminding people like at any size you can be sexy you can feel confident and things like that and like I think sometimes people forget just your presence and you being confident it really motivates other people so I'm happy to have that platform mm -hmm. so like if I'm going out out and I know a lot of people will be there maybe I'll make sure that I'm looking very fine very fierce <laughs> just because I don't because I want everybody to know like you can be sexy and plus sized and I want other people to feel comfortable but I also want other people that are also my size or something like that to feel like okay yeah like just feel confident in that moment and I think that's the most exciting part just seeing people like really genuinely seeming like it's touching them in a way that they feel more confident too as we have seen everyone has had different experiences of their body here in China and different ways of dealing with that both in China and in the West, female bodies are held to a standard in terms of what they are meant to look like. But what those standards are and how they affect the woman they apply to is different in different cultures. So coming from one culture and living in another culture can be confusing and disheartening, frankly. But I really enjoyed talking to Sky because I thought it was amazing that she took these negative experiences and made them into something meaningful and something really positive. I love the idea of taking something you're frustrated with and then doing something about it. Hashtag body positive. By the way, be sure to check out our show notes for more information about Ladyfest. That's it for this week. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Do you have any stories to tell? Suggestions for future episodes? Email us at lookingforlawai at gmail.com. You can also stay up to date with all the latest episodes by following us on Facebook or signing up for our newsletter on our webpage, www.lookingforlawai.com. See you next time!